You're listening to Talkin' Ace by the Bay Podcast with your host, Larry Rodriguez. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to Talkin' Ace by the Bay. I am your host with Far From the Most. That's right, that guy. Again, that talks Oakland A's baseball. Let's do it. Let's jump into it. Because the Oakland Athletics are 21 and 15. 21 and 15. Leading the AL West a half game in front of the Houston Astros, which, yikes, sounds kind of scary. But the last 10, they are 5 and 5, just as the Oakland Athletics are 5 and 5. Seattle Mariners, not too far behind at 18 and 17, a half game back as we speak here on the 10th of May, 2021. That's where we're at for the Oakland Athletics 2021 season. Now, let's not forget about the Texas Rangers, who are 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. They did lose one recently, but they are looking pretty good as well. And then there's those Angels that had a respectable but they're under 500 lineup and with that is without the albert pujols yes there is some catching up to do but let's go to the oakland athletics straight up we're gonna follow up on my last predictions from last time uh the oakland athletics were it's been a minute we're just about to jump into a series versus the orioles and the tampa bay rays I didn't come back for a minute because they faced the Orioles again, and then they faced the Blue Jays, and then they faced the Tampa Bay Rays. (laughs) I could go on, but I did say they had the oomph to take out the Orioles on April 23rd, 24th, and 25th. They did two games out of three. A lot of people wanted that third game at the time because the A's were still riding the wave then, but that is when the winning streak did come to an end, and if you think I jinxed the Oakland A's, heck, I'll wear it loud and proud sorry guys if you feel like i jinxed them one and eight you know what jesus lazardo did not have the best game that day so don't completely blame me which does lead into another interesting topic jesus lazardo regarding that then the a's went to tampa the nasty dome (laughs) where it shocked me just giving some feedback on that series how many balls were lost by the tampa bay devil rays themselves you think they would have a little bit of advantage in their own stadium but heck you know they lose the ball in the white tarp up in the air the cover we lose the ball in the sun it's like these two teams are matched up very closely and you should feel pretty good about that oakland A's fans because even though tampa bay is sitting at 19 and 17 currently right now um in their division they're third they are still a very good team with very good pitching, as we saw. And like I said, I would love to split with them, and that's what we did. Every Tampa Bay Rays versus A's game has been very close. We're talking about one to two run difference. These guys are matching up tight and hard, and it kind of this series plays into what continuously happened uh, with the Oakland Athletics. Um, the one runs, the pitching 
is starting to come into full effect. As I mentioned before, I've had some concerns about pitching it within the bullpen specifically, but I said wait till May or mid-May or late June, or excuse me, mid-May to early June is when you start seeing the pitching at their fullest, I would say, development. There are some arguments this year, though. The league is way under the batting average they were last April. Um, a lot of the league is batting almost under 200, which is crazy to think about. With that, the pitching is very crucial. This reminds me of those early years of when you know the ball was a little bit different since the last years it was flying off the bat. As the home run goes, the Oakland A's went. This year, you could say it's still that. They're still swinging for the fences and looking for home runs in a lot of places. But I think what's more important about this, this Tampa Bay series, the first one, April 26, 27, 28th to be specific, they split very close games. And you could say even one of them, they might have got a little robbed in regards to how the officiating went. The umps were not the greatest on making a call to play, I believe, with Andres, Andres one of these games. Then the Oakland A's came back home, faced the Orioles, and I said, that was another interesting story depending on how the bullpen came out. The bullpen didn't do so bad, but the pitching was consistently a story again because the A's lost to the Orioles on that Saturday and Sunday. A team that looked a little bit more stronger than they did before, and I wouldn't say the Baltimore Orioles are a team to be pushed over again because what's the key here again? Pitching. The Oakland Athletics are facing good pitching, and they are doing good pitching because that's what's keeping them where they're at. Luckily, that hot streak has put them in a good spot. Uh, for now, when you're facing some of these teams, I mean, let's be real, one of the Orioles pitchers just threw a no-hitter versus the Mariners, one that you faced, and, you know, you didn't do well yourself. So those games weren't close. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but the Orioles, a couple of their players just have our number. And, I mean, when I say they have our number, they just annihilated us. <laughs> um, and what I mean, the the main player I think a lot of people are going to reference to is Hayes. Uh, he was on another level, just hitting hits on us, just lighting it up, the home runs, the scoring. The guy was just putting it together just all over us for some reason. Who knew why or what? But I don't want to see Hayes ever again. <laughs> just one of those another A's killer I guess says join the fold uh, then the A's faced the Blue Jays this was an interesting series because let's not leave the elephant out of the room Marcus Simeon made his return back to the Coliseum and I think that's a big point to reference here at this time Marcus Simeon as most of you know if you're listening to this podcast you're probably a pretty informed A's fan so with that, Marcus Simeon left this year after some rumors of May being offered a one-year extension or more, but we're not going to be all paid out in the same year, kind of what Trevor Rosenthal got. And, well, he's not even playing right now for the Oakland Athletics, unfortunately still injured. But that was kind of the idea. But Marcus Simeon decided to take that option and pass it on by and go play with the Blue, Ray, Blue Jays for one year. Uh, and technically, you would say in Canada, but they haven't played a game in Canada <laughs> due to the COVID-19 pandemic still causing effects in Canada and how they're deciding to open and have baseball not allowed currently in that area at their own home field. So they've been playing in Florida, but 
Marcus Simmons coming home. It was nice to see him getting a good standing O from the A's fans. As most of you know, he's a Cal Berkeley alumni, um, big time, you know, Bay Area guy, and a huge counterpiece of the team's morale in the last four to five years. A lot of people reference the players specifically the Oakland A's plays reference that Marcus Simeon was a leader because he led the team just by example he went out there did his business and it's really makes sense to me because you're talking about a guy that didn't really have any experience had a lot of errors as a shortstop and found a way to make that happen on the major league level which is not only honorable but just straight up phenomenal uh, at that point but as if you've listened before, I was okay to say goodbye to Marcus Simeon because I felt like the market could be a little bit different next year. I didn't know we were going to sign Andrus, though. That's an interesting one, and I'd pick his defense still over Marcus Simeon. The offense, we're going to cover that in a little bit when I mean Andrus. So nice to see Simeon come back home, but he did get a home run on us and did hurt us in that series as we were able to luckily split two of those four games. Uh, The Blue Jays are 17 and 16. Here's the big key, though. Their run differential is 25 over. If you don't know what run differential is, just to give you a heads up real quick, that is the amount of runs you've scored over your team that your opponent. So, for example, for examples, it's the runs scored and runs allowed. So, how many runs did you allow in a game, and how much have you scored, and what is your outcome? So, for example, the Boston Red Sox you're about to face have a plus 33 run differential. So they've given up over you know so many runs but they've scored 33 over the runs they've given up if that makes sense to you the oakland athletics in comparison are a negative 10 your pitching is key how can i not say that more this podcast i don't know pitching is key (laughs) i will continue to reiterate pitching is key in this league this year um, I do see hitting coming around at some point. I mean, teams are going to figure this out and, and depending on who you face. I mean, that, that could be a big counterpiece of how you, this plays out. But let's just be real here. As of right now and just the American League team batting average, it's all under 300. Now, I'm not expecting a team to hit over 300. That's, you know, but it's not unheard of, but it is something usually the higher teams do. The best hitting team is that a 264 cut? And that would be the Boston Red Sox again, which we will cover here, a little teaser and late. The biggest series, and now to get us caught up to where we're at, would be the Tampa Bay Rays came to Oakland this time, and the A's were able to take two out of three due to some pretty nice pitching. And man, were they so close to taking that Sunday's game. Once again, two to one, six to three, three to four. Those games, two of those games decided by one run and the other decided by three. Now let's just talk about the big counterpiece if we're going to get relevant to what's happening right now. Is everyone a little stoked about your guy? What can Brown do for you? <laughs> I mean, that's got to be talking social media wise. It's a shout out to all you guys. Thank you who followed me back on Instagram this week at talking. A's by the bay that's right i've been doing a lot more trying to get a little bit more people out there on instagram so if you're hearing this this is your first time welcome thank you for the follow on instagram if you haven't followed the podcast yet 
What, what are you doing? Talking A's by the Bay. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-A-S-B-Y-T-H-E-B-A-Y. Talking, no G, A's by the Bay. All together. <laughs> it's long, I get it, but it's 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 snappy. It's catchy. That's what it is. But thank you for a follow for you all out there. But the trend was what can Brown do for you after that walk-off smash? I mean... I'm going to cover this game specifically because we had a couple things happen that Friday night on that Tampa Bay series, which I felt was a big decider after you just put a lot of work into facing Toronto. And I think some A's fans were like, I don't know what we got going on here because we saw a lot of badness, I would say, in that last game. uh, Because when you face the Blue Jays and you lost 4-10, to and and let's, let's get into Sergio Romo. I mean, a lot of people, I don't know about you, or I think we're like, uh uh-oh. Is this the Sergio Romo we're going to see? Not so much. In the Tampa Bay series, Sergio Romo Sergio Romo came out and did look a little bit more like himself. Back to the Friday game. Shamanaya, folks. Almost replicating what he did in 2018 versus the Boston Red Sox. And everyone knows the talk was going around. Another Tampa Bay no-hitter? Because, you know. The perfect game wasn't in play that long. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> the perfect game, uh, Shamanaya did give up a walk pretty quick there, but he was, you know, it was crazy because we've seen four no hitters this year, and this could play into a whole nother thing, which we could talk about. You could hit me up at Talking A's by the Bay on Instagram or at A's by the Bay on Twitter or on Facebook, Talking A's by the Bay. Is the ball making a difference? That's what I want to reference here. The pitching, we've just talked about it, is dominating the hitting right now in baseball. But in this game specifically, Manaya looked like that guy in 2018. He was coming out, dealing, and he did have that demeanor he's been talking about this year. If you guys haven't seen it, the local news media outlets for the Oakland Athletics, I'm talking about the Mercury News, the San Francisco Chronicle, MLB.com, have all mentioned that he is trying to take a different approach as a pitcher. He does not want to be known as Shamanai the nice guy. In the dugout, he wants to be known as that. But on the field, he wants to be known as the Hawaiian, Samoan, throwing heater. <laughs> he wants to be known as the guy that's going to come after you on the mound. And he did that uh, with his changeup to fastball ratio and a little bit of breaking balls in there. Shamanai was looking lights out. And I was feeling a no-hitter coming. And for whoever saying, all oh, the ball is part of the effect, okay, yes, I will buy into that. That's my point coming into that. We are seeing a difference. The numbers are showing it across the league. But for Sean Mania, I'm giving him all the credit he deserves. This guy threw a no-hitter against a World Series team at one point, and now another post-World Series team in Tampa Bay. Don't forget, folks, these guys, even though there was only 60 games, they were in the World Series, mentioned this last podcast, I feel like a couple innings away of good pitching from someone may have clinched that World Series. With that, to go back, he was shutting down this lineup, taking names, and just dealing. And sadly, though, like everything else, (laughs) the team was uh, not responding offensively. Uh, They were getting dealt on as well. Uh, You can't say that their box line looked any better. I mean, the pitcher on their side, Rich Hill, uh, old Oakland A, if you remember him, was dealing as well. I mean, he has a 5.17 ERA. I mean, so it's not like it's not like somebody would be like, oh, my God, you know, like Rich Hill was amazing. But he was throwing and dealing to himself. And then 
Luckily, the A's were able to scratch some runs by, and the walk-off by what can Brown do for you? Yes. As a pinch hunter for uh, Steven Piscotti, what a night for Brown. And it was just really nice to see this guy come through. Came up last year. I didn't have the kind of momentum I think he wanted to have in that shortened season. It was tough. And this year, getting some more time, putting in the work, it's paying off. As a left-handed hitter, he went after that pitch. It was a cement mixer. I remember it was a curve and it was a hanger. But he smashed it. It was just really exciting to see a young guy come through and get a big hit uh, to win the game and send the crowd home happy. And I think it set the tone for the rest of that series as the A's once again on Saturday, what can Brown do for you? He comes up to bat and, well, he smokes one again. I mean, he's technically might be one of your hotter hitters right now. Uh, <laughs> I keep referencing Brown, but it's Seth Brown. So just for everyone to know. So they, I mean, there's no other Browns on this team right now, but <laughs> that's who I'm talking about. So that's the guy you want to be looking out for. And let's not undervalue Loriano because throughout these games I'm talking about, he was taking better at bats until recently, which we'll do another teaser here. He ended up on the injured list as just recently day to day, which we'll see if he could show up in that series with first Boston and then Minnesota next week. With that though, the A's on that Saturday game did very well on putting on the runs, making sure they can find the right at bats, winning six to three. I mean, it was well done power you got two runs in the first one run in the second and then it kind of lulled out a little bit and then you got some seventh and eighth running runs and trevino comes in for the save i mean trevino had to come over let's be real i am not a huge trevino save guy i told you since the beginning of this year i really wanted trevor rosenthal i wanted the roles to be defined in jake deekman setup man Trevino and really JB when Delkin were my big guys and I thought Sergio Romo would be someone as a guy that you put in situations but boy oh boy let's not discount Petit I really thought I'm I'm gonna own this I thought Petit was done this year I thought why did we resign him I know he's been ye old faithful I will say it first he has been absolutely the guy you say get in a role and do what we need you to do but last year, he did not look like that for me. I know, 60 games, small sample size. But even the playoff game, that one resonated with me big time. He gave up some huge home runs over there in L.A. But who wasn't giving up home runs in that series? Let's be honest. So he's proven me wrong. But see, if he could keep this going, I am on board with this train. And I hope it keeps rolling. That's for sure. The bullpen's starting to show. And I'm liking it. I mean, that Trevino save showed him getting into a lot of damage. Let's say there was one pitch specifically I remember in that at bat of his last bat, the last batter he faced. There was a couple pitches that could have been called the other way. The strike zone was a little generous, but leave it to that to him getting out of that situation. That is closer like mentality and closer like stuff to make that happen. So hats off to Trevino to work off through that one. Would I want him still in this role for much longer? I'm not sure. We will have to wait and see. I like the positive note. Let's say that. The save was really good. But I am still on the fence of, put it out there, Trevino doesn't make me feel as great. I felt better 
if you remember Grant Balfour's save, how you were always on the edge of your seat. Let me go way back. Do you remember Octavio Dotel? Uh, yeah, Oakland A's closer at one time. Uh, these guys, they remind me of those two kind of types of closers. Where you're, I mean, Grant Balfour has the saves record for the Oakland Athletics. Had the saves record, I believe, in a season. But those two guys played on the very much on so of the borderline of, oh, my God, this could go south really quickly. But they got the save done. So do I feel good about stop <laughs> uh do i feel good about trevino not 100 percent. i'm not sold and i like going back and forth from jake deekman to trevino in certain times whoever's available i like that a lot this is trevino's role to prove though prove me wrong trevino just like petite is doing and that's where i'm gonna leave that out with the bullpen those are my three main guys and romo let's hope he looks like more of the romo we saw over the weekend after the Toronto series, because I was really worried after that that we were like, oh gosh, is he battling like an injury or something? Because he just does not look good. And with that, the Oakland Athletics are at where you're at, and they're about to jump in the next series. But let's segue into something, as I mentioned, was injuries. Now, this is not all bad news, but let's get into pitching. I sound so optimistic, right? <laughs> um, Win Delkin. Uh, now he is down. Uh, that was a big one for me. Losing Wendelkin, I'll admit. I, I He said he turned in the middle of a pitch that was hit for a home run in that Toronto series, from what I understand, when they lost 4-10, to 10, I think. And he just felt something in his abdomen area. And anything in the abdomen area, intercoastal, those strains, folks, oof, oblique anything is scary. Um, this is something I'm worried about for sure. I'm just thinking if you got to deal with something in that kind of manner, that could really mess up your whole season. That does not have a timetable for return just as we speak right now. I don't see an update for that. Next on pitching, Mike Fires, a short return uh, due to the exit of Jesus Lazardo. So Mike Fires is once again shut down for a couple of weeks for an elbow issue. This is not looking good for Mike Fires. As you guys remember in the beginning of the season, he was shut down. They were saying a hip issue or something like that, a back issue strain, but now we're getting an elbow issue. Remember, Mike Fires wasn't signed in the beginning of the season. And if there's one thing you always knew about Mike Fires is that he was, once again, a guy you could turn to to take the ball every five days. This is unfortunate because he didn't have the best of starts. His last start, I'll admit, and maybe it was the injury already causing it, but his fly ball ratio was not looking good. And maybe this is that ball thing again, where maybe this type of baseball is not going to be the best for Mike fires and the way he pitches. Who knows? We haven't seen enough of a sample size quite yet. He did have a first good start, but after that it was done. Now Jesus Lazardo. Well, let's put it out there. Um, this injury to be clear with anyone, if you haven't heard it, if you don't follow the Oakland A's, Jesus Lazardo was playing a video game. According to Bob Melvin and reports is from what he says is that he hit his hand on the table because of whatever happened in the video game and broke his uh, fracture in his hand. Or excuse me, in his finger slash hand. Now he's been playing catch from 60 feet as of May 8th. That was the last report, which would have been this Saturday, past Saturday. For me, what does this do? Look, Jesus, this injury 
is a lot of people have talked about Jesus Lazaro being this presence in the pitching rotation as he's way above his before his timeline as how he carries himself and how he does his work. And he does seem like a great Oakland A's young talent coming through. But when you go on the fact of what he has done in his stats right now, he doesn't have anything to show me at least the point that, okay, he had a pretty amazing outcome on one of the, you know, when the A's were losing in that wild card game to the Rays, that was maybe one of his biggest career stats, if you ask me. So that is not something I'm a hundred percent on board. I mean, he's got 99 innings of pitching. If you look at overall and he's got 47 errors, 50 runs allowed and 105 K's. That's not something that, you know, if you're an Oakland A's fan that you're going to jump up for and be like, yeah, this is an amazing guy coming through this injury as well. Doesn't speak well for him because his ERA, I mean, the only time it was good is when he had six games played in 2019, his first year. Then after that it was 4.12. I know 2020 was once again, a shortened season, but that was with 12 games played and now six games played again here in 2021. He's at a 5.79 ERA. The Ks look good. Trust me, folks. The K per walk, though, 2.5. I mean, that's what he's averaging right now. So, uh, with that, it's it's unfortunate. Because what I think, I like Jesus Lazardo a lot, and I like his stuff. But I'm really, you know, it's not a good injury or not a good look when you don't have the awareness to know not to slam your hand on the floor table i mean it's 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 a it's a young man's injury i'll admit he's a young pitcher he's a young guy we're expecting a lot maybe we're asking too much of him but just to think a little bit of logic is do not put yourself in this position because now you're pitching we talk injuries what are the a's going to do are they going to call somebody up how is this going to work out because if you go a little further down the line aj puck as of an update on may 9th He's still dealing with that bicep issue in the upper shoulder. I mean, this is not good. He faced live hitters on Saturday in Las Vegas because now, if you didn't know, just a shout-out, the minor league games are back on. The Las Vegas Aviators are in action. And, I mean, Stockton Ports, whatever you want to go watch those A's affiliates, go check them out. And he could be getting a rehab sometime next week. Not this week maybe that says the coming week but we'll see that's still not enough time i don't think the a's are going to need somebody when they go against boston twins here as we jump to the next point but in the other sets of injuries for questions who will be there ramon loriano was day-to-day uh injury status as of sunday on may 9th I didn't get a lot of disclose from this injury, so I'm not sure what it could be. I do worry if it's one of those things that we saw um, Remus Garcia excuse me, was placed on the injury list. Um, he had a stomach or viral enteritis. I guess it's really bad. I remember a while back we heard Mark Canna got sick too. I'm just wondering if this is one of those things where they're all getting that sickness, which sounds really scary. Hopefully not because that could run rampant through a through a oh, excuse me through a clubhouse uh, but let's hope we see him in the boston series and it's nothing too bad because he was finally starting to come around from his um struggles this year i would say positive news pinder power may be back soon on sunday 
they were estimating he could return to the Minnesota series on in, in, when this Saturday or Friday. And that brings up another point as we're just going to go right into the next segue as the Oakland A's go into this next series. And we'll talk this. We'll break this down. So the A's will be facing the Boston Red Sox. First place Boston Red Sox to be completely, you know, clear about this you are one game back of them including and tied one by game back from the chicago white Sox. this is a good team like i told you plus 33 run differential they can hit they've done okay with pitching i would say that might be somewhere where the a's could benefit but remember they're playing in boston you got the green monster you got those weird angles at that stadium i always feel like it's really weird and that's a part of the lore of playing in boston you got to deal with the elements of playing at that stadium so who are you looking at to be a leader in this because in your last seven days your ops of your team is not that good let's be real it's your pitching that's where your money maker is, and you need these guys at one of the toughest places to pitch, which would be Boston. So it's a huge ask, but at least the team was already kind of filming themselves, I would say, here in the last two weeks, I would say. The Oakland Athletics have been putting together some good numbers. But if you look at side to side in the last two weeks, the Oakland A's have a 3.70 ERA collectively pitching, which is terrific. I'd say it's the starting pitching and the bullpen. Well, right behind you, the Boston Red Sox at 3.95 ERA. Now, that's pretty interesting, I would say. But let's get a little bit more in depth here. The Boston Red Sox do have a little bit of a better ratio for you than giving up home runs. 13-13, you're both tied for that. So, I mean, it's... It's going to be another one of those pitching series I feel like that you got to work through. Uh, the A's better keep up to where they're at because let's talk about whip. In the last two weeks, the Boston Red Sox are at 1.30, but you're that would be 10th in the American League. You're at 6 with the 1.17 when I say your Oakland Athletics are at that cut. These are the last two weeks, your team. So uh, with that... What do you think is going to come down to? I think if you ask me, it's going to be pitching. This is right now, this is the name of the game. And the Oakland Athletics luckily are built on that kind of season because your batting has been pretty marginal to be very nice in a very nice way to say that. (laughs) In the last week or so, you had, like I just told you, you relied on people like Seth Brown. We've seen... We've seen a major fallout by Matt Olson the last seven days. He's batting a .100 in batting average. Okay, if you don't want to take into batting average as maybe you're one of those people that's like on base plus slugging, OPS, right? Maybe OPS is your number. He's got a .400. You want to be at least 800, folks. That's where you want to be. That's kind of a good cuss. I got Matt Chapman at .742. He's getting to turn it around finally, it seems like. But he's still got those high strikeout numbers. So don't forget that Matt Chapman in the last seven days has struck out eight times. It's about getting on base. I think a lot of people 
need to understand the Oakland Athletics. What they do the best is getting on base. And one person, that what they need to do better is getting on base. Excuse me, not what they do best. Recall that. What they need to do better is getting on base. Now, your on-base percentage, a lot of people are going to be like, well, they're doing pretty good. Well, they got like some players doing marginally good. I wouldn't say they're doing good. Your team needs to get better at just hitting overall. That is the key. They need to get on base and do something. And there's one guy that's looming right now. I'm okay with Matt Olson trying to find his way uh, uh, you know, through it. He is a power hitter. But there's one guy that I think that we, like I said, mentioned earlier, that we all kind of need to take a closer look with Chad Pender's return looming back. And that would be Elvis Andrews. Chad Pender was a shortstop when he came on to Oakland Athletics, but let's be real. Chad Pender could play almost anywhere, I would say. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. He is a very good hitter, and I would say he could play a lot of places in the field. But he did get hurt in the outfield, and I don't want to see that again because he's dealing with it. So where do I want him? I'll be real. I want him in the infield. And when he comes back, that leaves the question, who's your shortstop right now? Well, it's, uh, he's your lowest batting hitter. So it's, that is not good. I I wouldn't say he's your lowest bat. He's got your most at-bats, and he's batting a 1.58. To do him justice, I mean, he's been getting contact. But boy, oh boy, does this division of teams. I mean, it felt like the A's were playing in the East because we've been playing so many. Now we play Boston, and then we're going to play Central finally again. But we're playing the Twins again. Uh, let's stick with this Boston series. You got the A's facing Boston, and I just if you mark match up against them well, it leaves the question like how far do you give Elvis Andrews? Like this is a good question for all you guys if you're listening still at this point in the podcast. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Slide the DMs, message me, comment on a post. Where do you feel Elvis Andrews should be given? How far? I mean. At this point, he's batting .150. And I don't know about, you know, sending him down, but does he have to fall into a role of being more of, you know, in a tandem role where he's being played every once in a while? As we've seen, you know, these platoons a lot with this year's Seth Brown now and Steven Piscotty. Piscotty's not batting great, but who is batting great? Seth Brown is batting great, and he's starting to show that he could show something out there. So you got to get that into consideration. It's been a while, and, I mean, Elvis Andrews, you're, you're going to want him on the field. He is a good defensive player. It's not about sending him down. If I had to make a choice to send somebody down, I mean, it's you kind of got to go with Vamil Machine. I, I think really that's your one option to send down uh, to keep Tony Kemp and then keep um Chad Pinder and I think that was originally the design of the team but I think Elvis Andrews has to think about you know really to be honest what kind of role is he going to be in should he be in a platoon role because he is older and his defense isn't bad but I want Pinder's bat in there a lot more I mean he just missed out on a lot of left-handed pitching because <laughs> the A's seem to face every left-hander and that might be the reason we saw Matt Olson fall to the table so far because you know, he hasn't ever been a one that really shows left-handed pitching has been an issue, but maybe that's just seeing the consistency of that, not being able to switch it as much in a game, prepare for that. Maybe that got to him. Who knows? Um, but for that, there's someone like Seth Brown who's smoking, you know, when every time he got in the game. 
Luckily, Jed Laurie's hanging in there too. His last seven days, he's got a 278 average, and his OPS um, is at a .739, still under 800, folks. That's usually where you want to be at. Just a heads up. Mitch Moreland, just let's make a nice, you know, kind of out there in the last seven days. He's, he's, you know, getting his at-bats. He's only got 10 in the last seven, but he's starting to show. I tweeted on Twitter. He's starting to take more at-bats where I feel good about him, and I do feel really good about him going into this Boston series. as He's played in that park before, and maybe some comfort of being back to somewhere where he used to play. Yeah, let's see. Maybe that might be, you know, something to get him going. So it'll be interesting. I think the key to this series, though, like I mentioned earlier, is pitching, and we have a big question mark on who will pitch for the Oakland Athletics. That's the, I think that's what you're looking at. There's got to be one roster spot here, I would say, that the A's have to figure out what are you going to do. There's a part of me that thinks that, wow, did I just get like super hype? There's a, part of, <laughs> there's a part of me I'm throwing out there that I wouldn't put past the A's that they do uh, one of those things we are not all big fans of, but they do the you know pitching by committee or the starter or was it the short starter and then you have someone do like a long a long roll in the middle spot i could totally see this happening because that's something sergio romo used to do and with his most recent success i wouldn't shock me if they look at doing something like that as a possibility well, you know, but there's always the other possibility that they just move things around to make it fit. Because you've got the Bassett versus Avaldi coming up here against Boston. That's going to be your first. But who's going to face Rodriguez? Not been penciled in yet. Manaya versus Richards. That's probably going to happen on Thursday because that's its usual spot. And then we'll go into Minnesota and face, you know, you could go through going the rotation, Montaz, Irvin, and then be back at Bassett. Maybe we're going to see one of those. I mean, it's a risk, I say, on the road, but you do have a day off coming up next Monday again. That may be what we see as one of those, I am just not a great fan for those, the starter, closer, and then a bridge, and then, you know, they, they don't even call it a bridge, but they call it the long guy in the middle, which we've seen Sergio Romo's done that in the past, and then he throw Petit in there. It's just, it'll be interesting. Uh, that's my take on it, and we'll see. We will see how that works out. I mean, that's a very big possibility. I don't know who you'd want to call up for this. I mean, there was a good, there was a good, you know, a good fight off to get to that last spot, which is Jeffries. But if I remember right, I think he was recently sent down. So, uh, or not sent down, excuse me. He recently had an injury. So that would affect him not being an availability for the spot so let's just jump into it and the predictions to wrap this up the a's are going to face boston here tuesday may 11th 12th and 13th and then they will go to minnesota to face the twins obviously on the 14th 15th and 16th this sunday what do i say well you're facing the best team this is a good litmus test for this a's and what i mean by litmus test is a good starting point to once again you're facing an East team, so the A's are playing officially in the East Division now. <laughs> Just kidding. The A's are facing an East team, and I think it's a good time to really see what you're about. Is your pitching going to hold up? I mean, Bassett's got a big job here, I think, opening up this series and trying to prove that he's got something against Evaldi. I mean, not to say they're like arch enemies, is that he could out pitch him because Bassett, you know, we see glimmers of what we saw in 2020. And a little bit of 2019. So, I mean, it's 
he's got the stuff to do it. Uh, and then Manaya, we just saw, came off a great game, which I, I have faith in him to bring that momentum into Boston. I think the A's are going to take – I'm going to go way out on this one. I think the A's are going to take two out of three. Um, heck, I'm going to say I think the A's are going to sweep the series in Boston. I think they're going – I'm not going to hold back. This is a hot take by me. I think they're going to show everyone that they're pitching – even though they don't have the starters like Mike Fires or Jesus Lazardo in the in the fold, I think they're gonna show that their bullpen strength can getting a day off and getting back, you know, into the fold of things. Even though they lost by one run on Sunday, it's not like that. That was kind of a tough go. I think the offense will find itself a little bit more comfortable this day off. I mean, just don't forget, folks, these guys just played a ton of games in a row. And they finally get a day off. And, you know, they're playing a lot of games within sequence. So this is always good. I know they had to travel to Boston, but this is always good for a team to get a little bit of rest in the middle of the lull of the season. It's not like the rest of the league isn't getting this issue. So hot take. I'm taking the A sweep, the number one AL team, and that's the Boston Red Sox. And they're going to have to because teams like the Astros, like I just mentioned, and the Mariners are lurking right behind you. And who's hot, hot, hot? The Texas Rangers. So the A's are almost not saying it's game by game. Remember that. But I feel good. They've shown well against these East teams to, you know, where they've split series. But I feel like the A's are going to come in here. And I feel they're in a good spot to to still coming off of that winning streak a while back of riding the wave to put together a nice series against Boston. So I'm going to go out and throw it. They're going to sweep the series. Crazy mid-call, but let's call it now. And then... When they go to Minnesota, now this team is currently, you know, they'll have some time to get better, but they are not looking great. They, Minnesota's falling far from when the Minnesota we saw them before, but they know how to hit, and they'll probably figure it out, and you just hope it's not against the A's. I think they'll take two of three of that series. Just don't like them playing in Minnesota. I think there's something about that park that the A's just don't feel well in sometimes. Uh, it's not built for them, but let's be real. The Minnesota is 5-5 five and five in the last 10. They're coming off a 12-20 and 20 record, which is not great. But you just never know who you're going to face when you go into that series. Maybe things change. They'll be playing the Chicago White Sox, which is the number one team in their division before they face the A's. So that'll be an interesting test for Minnesota and how they come out of that. I think two out of three there. But it, I let's see, folks. I'm caught take. And we'll leave it as that today and for, for now as I will try and be back for the next set of games as the A's are going to jump into back their AL West, their AL West opponents. It's been a while. I mean, the A's have been an East Coast team pretty much, if you ask me, playing these East teams. Um, but let's hope it wraps up nice. I'm calling it. So here we go. That's Talking A's by the Bay. That's been another great episode. Remember to follow me at Instagram, Talking A's by the Bay. That's in, on Instagram, at Talking A's by the Bay. Thank you for those who followed me this week. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, at A's by the Bay. That is Twitter, at A's by the Bay. That's where that is. And then on Facebook, just look up Talking A's by the Bay. I try to post across these social network platforms. Always happy to talk to fellow A's fans because that's what it's all about. If you got anything you want on the show or, heck, you just got a question or whatnot, make sure to keep your post out there so then I can keep active to see what's going on with your A's fandom. Ladies and gentlemen, 
your Oakland Athletics are still in first as we are rounding into the middle of May and getting close to the quarter of the season. That's right. To close this, the A's, when they face the Twins this weekend, will be a quarter through the 2021 season. Can you believe that's where we're at? 21 and 15 as we stand right now with a two and a half game lead. Excuse me. I said earlier half game. I made that mistake. A two and a half game lead on Houston. And then a two and a half game on Seattle and a three and a half game on Texas. I said a lot. I think I made the mistake at the top of the podcast. Let's keep that clear. I apologize. I'd said a half game. My bad. So that's where they're at. And I think Houston, Seattle, and Texas are getting hot. So you got to be very careful here when you're going to Boston as they're going to face, you know, Boston as well. But you've got to keep put up some good games. The A's have got to keep this together and I feel, I feel confident about this. I'm feeling good, guys. I don't know what it is. I'm feeling good. All right. Let's go, Oakland.